Hi, it's Catherine. The episode you're about to hear was recorded back in February. It's our interview with artist Kang Hee Kim. If you get a chance, take a look at Kang Hee's work before you listen so that you can get a sense of our very distinctive image making. The easiest place to see it is on our Instagram account at Tiny Cactus. We think you may agree that our work feels exactly right for this moment when so many of us are stuck at home. And at the end of the episode, we also have an update on what she's been up to these past few weeks. Thanks, everyone. Hello and welcome to K-Pod, the podcast about Korean Americans in arts and culture from Korean American story. I'm Juliana Sohn, a photographer. I'm Catherine Hong, a writer and editor. Today, we're delighted to be sitting down with artist Kang Hee Kim in her studio in Queens. Kang Hee is most widely known on Instagram by her handle, Tiny Cactus. Her photographic images are surreal versions of everyday street scenes manipulated to appear like portals into dreamlike worlds. The narrow sliver between two skyscrapers might frame a glowing orange sunset. A single palm tree might emerge mysteriously from a sea of clouds. These images are simultaneously mysterious, hopeful, melancholy, and painterly. Some critics have said they perfectly represent the digital aesthetic of today. Kang Hee currently has 328,000 followers on Instagram and solo show at the Ben Ruby Gallery in New York entitled Dreamer. The title of the show refers to her status as a DACA recipient and her ongoing dilemma as an individual caught between two worlds. Kang Hee immigrated to the States from Seoul with her family when she was 14. She attended high school in Long Island and studied painting at the Maryland Institute College of Art. Due to visa restrictions as a DACA recipient, she has been unable to leave the U.S. for over a decade. She says her images of surreal escapism, as she refers to them, have since become a form of visual therapy. We have so many questions for you, Kang Hee. Thank you for having us. Thanks for coming to my studio. (laughs) You came here when you were a teenager, so you clearly had so many experiences that probably informed a lot of your development and ideas. Yeah. How did you feel when you were told, okay, we're going to move to the United States? Actually, my brother wanted to move here. So we visited um, the States when I was in fourth grade. And my uncle lives here and I loved here and I actually wanted to move here. And I tried to convince my mom to move here. And after a few years, my brother said he wanted to pursue better education. And he convinced your mom to move here. Yeah. Wow. So I read in your bio that you grew up in Great Neck. Is that yes. true? Yeah, you know that's where I grew up. So when I saw, as soon as I saw that, I thought, "Oh my god, it is crazy." What did you think of it? You can be it honest. It was actually hard, and well, you, my your cousin, English wasn't great, right? No. And you just arrived, so yeah. so there must have been a culture shock. No, yeah, it was a huge culture shock. I mean, when I was a little kid growing up in Great Neck, there were not that many Koreans. But by the time I left, there were so, so many Koreans. Yeah. But luckily, when I first moved there, um, there was a Korean who also moved from like Bayside or something. And my counselor had um, made the same schedule as her. Oh, I and see. So we were like two Kims. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then th- this person become your best friend? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but she was American, more American than you? Or no. She, no, she was really she was like from on Korea. the same boat. Oh. <laughs> it's fascinating. It was kind of hilarious. Wow. Well, clearly in high school, you were able to pursue more artistic endeavors or yeah. had a bit more freedom because mm-hmm. you ended up going to art school for college. Yeah. Can you tell us about what happened in high school that um, allowed you the freedom to do something more creative? I didn't really like to study in Korea, but then like the fact that I moved here, that sort of motivated me and I would get like straight A's and like, oh, I should do well because my dad is sacrificing mm-hmm. and like she's, he's still in Korea alone. But then like I would take art classes and my brother was going to the same school and I mean he's still talented but like he was so talented back then and then that like I was like oh I I like art and and I that brought like the um, childhood memory of like Mm -hmm. me wanting to study um, art and yeah he started to pursue art and that like really motivated me even more and it's like I should do art and we did like all all the like contests and like we won prizes and i see so you won all these contests Mm -hmm. and uh, your mom was supportive of you and your brother Mm -hmm. pursuing something creative and uh, so tell us how you ended up going to art school yeah my brother went to micah maryland institute Mm -hmm. college of art yeah that's when i like knew i wanted to go into the same path. In junior year, I wanted to put my time into going to um, art college. How did your parents feel that they were convinced to move to the States for a better education and then both of you end up in art school? Yeah, I mean, better education in, I think, more like open setting. I mean, yeah. So it wasn't that it was more academic here. It was yeah. there was like a freedom, freedom to yeah. uh, to, to learn yeah. in a more broad sense. Yeah. They never pushed us to like go to um, after school mm-hmm. like things because they were the ones who like wanted to study um, themselves, like not being pushed by anyone. So they wanted us to have that sort of thing. And they wanted us to find like our own paths. So yeah, I yeah, it's kind of surprising that and also in Korean standards, like men studying. Yeah, the firstborn son. Yeah. 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 And I don't know how that happened, but he did so well and So he, he, he did he get have resistance at all from your parents or they just thought he's so no. talented. Yeah. He should just go. Right. Yeah, you should go. That's amazing. From what I read, your attorney missed a deadline for filing your visa status. Yeah. So at the time um, when my mom um, just got a job um, as a registered nurse, we we all applied um, for green cards with my mom's visa. And my lawyer at the time, he missed a deadline by a day. And then that like complicated the whole process and after like a year they closed it and Obama was like oh we should use nurses from the states not from abroad Mm. so how did this affect your life 
when I was in college or high school, like we didn't even like think about going back to Korea or like traveling because we were so busy adjusting to the States. But after college and since I'm a photographer, um, I would get jobs or like exhibitions outside of the States. I see. So you had to decline them because you really couldn't leave. Right. Yeah. After college. Oh, that's when like I finally like want to visit my family in Korea and like go to all the different um, places. Right. Right. So you were mostly painting, is that right, during college? Yeah, graduated with BFA in painting. So I got into photography with just playing around with um, iPhone camera. And then that was when like Instagram first launched. And my brother was like, oh, why don't you use it? I feel like you would like it. So and I found like all the street photographers account and oh, like, like, I didn't know. I was just like thinking about the all like traditional photography and that like really inspired me and like oh I wonder how like photography works and I started to take um, black and white film. Mm-hmm. So you started playing around with the iPhone mm-hmm. and then you went to black and white film photography? Yeah. That's a <laughs> huge yeah. <laughs> yeah, difference but yeah, I wanted to just, like, um, get an idea of, like, the whole foundation, you know, like, basic and, like, how, have, like, a little bit of understanding how, like, actual camera actually works. You started Tiny Cactus 2012, is that right? Yeah, a year before I graduated, I was just, like, taking photos of, like, it w- it's very different from what I do now, mm-hmm. but do you know Boom.com? Mm-mm. It's a art Canadian blog, um, which has like big um, following, they featured me and that kind of blew up. I see. And yeah. And you were still in school at the time? Yeah. When they featured you? So what did your early work look like that you were posting? Mostly like street photography. In Baltimore. In Baltimore or like in New York. Mm -hmm. They were pretty funny. And, like, I would find, like, quirky things just walking around. I came into this whole world of photography through assisting people, analog, uh, and just having print work and Mm -hmm. shooting um, negative film. So it's really interesting for me to speak with you um, because the industry has changed so much. Mm -hmm. And to hear your story about how you're this new digital generation that found uh, um, this massive social media following mm-hmm. and people have been so skeptical of how do you translate that and what is the value and worth of followers or whatnot. But you've been so successful being able to translate that into wow. um advertising clients and Mm -hmm. sponsored content and also having gallery shows and selling prints. And I mean, what was that like when you started going viral and having all these followers? It's mixed feeling. I mean, it's good to have like a lot of viewers. Also, it pressures me to, you know, but I, I never really cared. I think I'm not using the photography, I mean, camera as like the traditional medium and I treat photography as more like painting to mm-hmm. me. So, I mean, I took a few photo classes, but I don't follow follow all the rules. And that sort of excited me 
even more. And I also try to not really care what people think. Do you mean your followers? Followers, yeah. Do you have engagement with your followers? Do you read their comments? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. of course, read yeah. comments and, you know, but still I try to focus and like try to hear my own voice mm -hmm. and, you know. So you mentioned that you try to approach your photography like painting. What does mm -hmm. that mean? Can you explain that a little bit? I use Photoshop a lot and I don't have all the like foundations, like how to actually like use the tools right. So I would just like, you know, try, oh, I would try eraser and like in very um, different ways. Photoshop is a really powerful tool. And I know a lot of people who are illustrators uh -huh. um, who prefer Photoshop uh -huh. over Illustrator. Right, yeah. And so um, there are brushes, there mm -hmm. are- Yeah, brushes. Um, yeah. yeah. So I can see quite easily how uh, you could use uh, a mm -hmm. program like Photoshop and use it in a much more painterly way. Right. Are you so, photographing um, using your iPhone still? Oh, just as sketches. Okay. So it's just like the fact that layering um, multiple images and like showing all the marks of imperfection. You know, it's like I know like 100% of photographers would use Photoshop, but like in very... Um, subtle ways and like without showing any marks and I like flip I wanted to flip that idea and I thought like revealing all the process is more like sort of honest right you're not way. trying to pretend that yeah, these that are things that you've not, seen they're yeah. very overtly fantastical mm -hmm. right and yeah when I was starting first starting off photography I was also really curious about the like post-production mm -hmm. um, process, yeah, how seamless they can do like to advertise and like sell all these like products. Back then I wasn't doing any like commercial jobs, but like what if I like show all those marks and like flip the coin and... So I'm curious, when would you say you started doing photography the way that people who know Tiny Cactus know it now? Tiny Cactus has a very specific aesthetic and almost a theme, mm -hmm. right? Which is a little bit like a portal into a mysterious right. world. What inspired that? After I was done with um, Visco, I wanted to be a freelance photographer. I was doing a lot of still lives back then and... Yeah, I wanted to build portfolio and I shot um, for Bloomberg. But then I think it was the moment that like I felt like I was trapped and I was just like going around just taking photos of my neighborhood. And I felt like waiting for habitants was kind of passive. And I felt that sort of relates to um, my current situation. So like, uh, I don't want to be passive like this and like you know like one day I wouldn't get any shots because mm -hmm. like you don't know what's gonna happen and all this stuff what if I make those moments and if I layer those moments it would create even more synergy and that really inspired me and I felt like I wasn't happy I felt like I wasn't appreciating um, mundane or like the moments I wanted to live in the moment and that really inspired me to like start that series the street errands yeah street errands um well 
you have so many followers and you've been so successful. And I feel like what you have captured is this longing for people um, sort of in these troubled times to look for that little bit of personal optimism. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, hey, a miracle can happen or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe the world is sucky, but there's a chance you could glimpse something magical or Mm -hmm. it's a sign of some God looking out for us. Instead of waiting for that perfect sunset or rainbow, you can just like cut and paste it into your mundane day. Yeah. Since I was so frustrated with my visa, there's nothing I can do at this point. So... When I'm making the images, that's like very therapeutic to me. I think they're therapeutic to people too. And that's why your account is worth because you get that little burst when you check your Instagram, a little burst of happiness. And so it's therapeutic forever, you know, for the maker and the viewers. Yeah, it's very fascinating. a reminder that, you know, something helpful could happen. How that can translate to people, because I was just like in my own head. The images are essentially for me. And I would get messages like, oh, I um, have mental illness. And by like looking at my photos, she's feeling like a lot better. And like that really like hit me. And I never knew that like people would get the same effect. Yeah. And you can reach so many people. Yeah. You're an artist Uh and you probably want to do other types of art. Uh Maybe you are doing it. Yeah. People come to you for this one thing, uh-huh. right? But yeah, are you, do you feel constricted by this one account? Mm-hmm. Is there other art that you want to make or that you are making that has nothing to do with Tiny Cactus? Not as of now, because, yeah, I used to do like all sort of mediums in college. And the reason why I switched back, switched to photography is I didn't want to get paints like all the time. And I feel like, I loved painting, but I felt trapped in studio and I actually wanted to see the world. Mm -hmm. So photography is like the perfect medium for me now. And I miss painting, but I also think about um, going back a little bit, but not quite yet. Right now, yeah. But I think I would do it. Like if my followers leave, that's too bad. But like, yeah, I'm not too concerned about that. So let's find out how you came up with the tiny cactus handle. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny because um, that was when I was start first starting out, and I wanted to use my name as username, but it was taken, and I really didn't want to use that underscore. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> that's the problem with being Korean, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's all taken. Yeah, I know. It's so and that's when I first got into um, collecting. Um, little succulents and I mean succulents didn't really sound good Mm. (laughs) I'll I'll do tiny cactus right well we should mention that we're in Kanghee's studio now and this um, apartment is full of succulents (laughs) and orchids and really funky cool plants right when you do resolve this issue of traveling where are some places that you'd like to visit the first place is Korea I see like all the photos that like Korea has changed so much. So like I I just want to like be there and like also want to visit like um, my old neighborhood and yeah. And where else do you want to go? 
Where would you like to yeah, visit? Yeah, I'm picturing some place with like palm trees. Is that oh, I actually want to like go to like, yeah, France, of course, and Switzerland and all the places. Well, and you've lived here in the States now half your life. Is that right? Yeah. How, how do you feel about um, your nationality? Do you feel more Korean still or New Yorker? I'm definitely, I feel comfortable living here. And the way I think is a bit more American, but I'm also really Korean at the same time. Right. If you want to, you could just go back there, Mm -hmm. but then you'd have to maybe forego being here. Like, what is it that makes you think it's not worth it to risk it to go back to Korea where I'd have to stay? I mean, I thought about risking it and just going back. I just can't come back for 10 years. I, which is fine because 10 years go by so quick <laughs> and I can be like all other countries yeah. except yeah. here and but like you know I now have represented by a gallery and I mean I could but I'm scared to right. be honest maybe yeah it might be better to leave oh, but that's I'm so interesting sure. it's like the United States or the rest of the world. Yeah, I know. I was, I was yeah, right, really right. thinking about that. Like, well, I thought it was interesting. You've had now a solo show in a gallery in Korea. Is that right? No, I had a museum. A museum show, show even better. Show. Right. But you couldn't attend your own no, opening. I thought that was so, yeah, so shocking. So did you just attend it via Skype? Yeah, virtually. Wow. Yeah, FaceTime. This is so interesting. You are the like internet virtual like <laughs> digital <laughs> generation. You're That's you're sad. attending openings digitally. So <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having us, Kanghee, and sharing your story. How can people find you? Yeah, tiny cactus or kanghee.kim. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Since recording the episode, Kanghee has, much like the rest of us, been sheltering in place. She continued to post images to Tiny Cactus, and in April, her work was featured in The New Yorker and also Time magazine. Here's what Kanghee had to say. I feel like this whole situation is the extreme version of what I've been dealing with. Before COVID-19, I was basically kept in the States, but now we're all kept at home. I've been hearing from people that they can relate to my situation, and the images have been very therapeutic for them. Thanks for listening, everybody, and take care. K-Pod is a production of KoreanAmericanStory.org. Our editor is AJ Valente. Our producer is Jessica Park, and our executive producer is H.J. Lee. You can follow K-Pod and see Juliana's photographs of our subjects on our new Instagram at kpodpod. That's K-P-O-D-P-O-D. And you can always email us with comments and suggestions at kpod at koreanamericanstory.org. Thanks.